Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. From my liability and my condemnation, I have been declared righteous, set free, not guilty, through the blood of Jesus Christ. So with this whole idea of justification, there's different things going on here. Justification, I would call it a double pronouncement, right? The judge, the jury, they can pronounce you not guilty. But also the judge, God himself, can declare you righteous. How can I be righteous? I'm a sinner. You got the righteousness of Christ because you trusted by faith in his cross. So a double pronouncement, not guilty and pronounced righteous. You see, there's a subtraction of my guilt and there's a credit of my righteousness, which comes from Jesus. There's a double thing going on. He doesn't just take away your sin and subtract your sin. He adds on to you the righteousness of Christ. I was trying to think of a picture of this, and I thought, you know, it's got to be the prodigal son. You know, that little boy was sinful and wicked and nasty and sleeping with prostitutes and wasting and squandering all his father's inheritance. And in the end, he was dressed with, he went from, from riches to rags, Right? And he's filthy and dirty, and he smells like pigs because he's been living with the pigs, wanting to eat their slop. But finally, he wakes up, he comes to his senses, he comes back home, and his father gives him grace. And he says, quickly, put the robe on him, put the sandals on his feet, put the ring on his finger. See, take off all those trashy, dirty clothes from the past and put on the beautiful clothes of the Father, of the Father's riches. You know who paid for those clothes? The Father. Do you know whose clothes that ring and the wealth and the party and everything that was lavished and poured on the Son? It all came from the Father, not from the sinful little boy. He didn't deserve anything. It's God's riches. And God lavishes and he takes off our dirtiness, our dirty clothes, and he clothes us with the righteousness of Christ. There's a double thing going on, a subtraction and an addition. Wow, I want it all. Verse 25, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. So there's a lot going on here. Jesus was crucified publicly on a hillside, on a mountain for all the world to see, on a public road, and thousands came to the spectacle to gloat, to spit, to yell. You know, Jesus, we finally got you. The clergy yelling at Christ, you know, where's your father now? You claim to be the son of God. Why don't you get off the cross? Before all the world to see, Jesus pays the price publicly 
for you and for me. And it is a propitiation, another theological word. Propitiation means an atoning sacrifice. A sacrifice that makes a payment for you. The cross is a sacrifice for you. Atonement means at-one-ment. It means because of the cross, you and God can finally come together. You don't have to be separated anymore. You're not condemned. You can enter the pearly gates. You can have fellowship and relationship with God right now. You need not be separated because someone's paid the price and made restitution. And someone became a human peace offering to bring peace between you and the Father. And this is all caught up in this fancy word, propitiation. And the propitiation was in Jesus' blood. How do I get it? Through faith. Through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. Jesus is the Passover lamb, right? If I have the lamb on the doorpost, the death angel will pass over. Remember Egypt? If you have the blood of Jesus on your heart, God's sin and the punishment for your sin will pass over. Your sins are washed away and the punishment is gone. When they're an old hymn, uh, cast my sins into the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. Is that how it goes, the old song? It's been passed over. 26. For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God will be your justifier. He will take away your sin and give you the righteousness of Christ because you have placed your faith in Jesus. You see, Jesus is the key. Jesus is the sacrifice. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Without the sacrifice, without the payment, without the cross, you are dead in your sin. And you do not get the holiness and the righteousness and the goodness of Jesus. Sorry, you miss out. You need the payment to accept it, to receive it. The cross is God's righteousness to you revealed. It is the requirement of blood. Payment must be made. But the good news is someone can pay for you. Jesus' sacrifice satisfies God's wrath. It fulfills the law. It appeases God's anger and takes it away. Through Christ, God's not angry at you anymore. Restitution's been made. You're forgiven. You're declared not guilty. 
And now God declares you righteous in his son. Sometimes I don't feel righteous. I'm like, I still sin. But God forgives me every day and gives me the righteousness of Christ. I think saving faith sees the cross. Not everybody sees the cross the same way. Some people, they're scared of the cross. The cross is wicked. You know, talking to the Satanists. Oh, I hate the cross. You know, some people break the cross. They wear the cross upside down to defile it, right? They don't see the cross, not with spiritual eyes. You see, when you see the cross the right way, you realize it's my payment. It's my way to God. The cross is God's love. And you must see the cross with faith in order to understand it and receive it and to be born again. And you see, this horrible, bloody, gruesome cross, when you have faith, now you see it differently. It's beautiful. It's the place somebody died for me. The sacrifice of God's Son. I love the cross. I hold to the cross. I wear the cross. I love the cross because I see it with spiritual eyes. Do you get it? The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. There's no other way. It has to be perfect, holy blood of a sinless man. And only one existed in the whole world, in all, all history. Only one human was sinless. This is why Jesus had to never sin, to be born of a virgin, born without sin, to never lie and steal. He had to be the perfect Lamb of God who could pay for our sin. And there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. It's the old hymn, Are You Washed? in the blood of the Lamb. Place your faith in Christ. This is how you get it. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. You can't knock on doors and pass out magazines and wear goofy religious clothing and crawl on your knees and go on pilgrimage and do rituals and sacraments and sacrifices. No. Only one way you can get this. You don't work for it. You ask for it, it's grace, it's a gift, and you get it by faith. And my friends in the cult say, this is crazy, John, you just think like God's going to just give it to you and you don't have to work for it. It's amazing grace. It sets us free. This is the gospel, faith. Verse 27 where then is boasting? It is excluded. But I thought it was me. I thought I had to be a good Christian and like act like a Christian and dress like a Christian and do Christian things and that way I can get to heaven. If I'm religious and holy, can I boast that I'm a good person and I earned it and I deserve it and I worked my way to heaven? There's no boasting. It has been excluded. Nobody's going to be in heaven who says, I earned and worked my way here. No. 
by what kind of law of works? No, but by a law of faith. It's not about working your way to heaven. You can't buy your way to heaven. You can't earn your way to heaven. You put faith in the work of Christ. You put faith in the blood. You put your faith in the cross. You put your faith in the name of Jesus. Jesus did all the work for you. Verse 28. For we maintain that a man is justified, and again, justified means just as if I'd never sinned. God took away my sin by faith apart from the works of the law. Now, here's the trouble with the cults. They add, oh, we believe in faith, but you still got to do good works. We believe in grace, but you still got to do your part. Oh, we believe in Jesus dying on the cross, but it's not enough. You know, you got to add to his work. And what Paul is insinuating and what uh, Martin Luther, right, the father of the Protestants, what he believes is being conveyed in this verse is faith alone. Do you see it? By faith apart from works. Faith without your works. Faith alone. Do you remember the solas? And this is uh, sola fide, which means faith alone. Faith without your stinking works and your trashy rags, right? But I'm so good. I do have faith, but look, God, I earned my way. No, it's all or nothing. Faith alone. Apart from your good works. We don't need your good works. All you need is the work of Christ. Don't add to it. 29. Or is God the God of Jews only? You know, he came for the Jews. Jesus was a Jew. Old Testament was Jew. The prophets were Jewish. The apostles were Jewish. It's all Jewish. Maybe God only loves the Jews. No, that's his starting point. His goal was, I'm going to reach the whole world, every person, every nationality, and even the sinful Gentiles like me. Oh, maybe God's only for the religious. You can't come to our church. You're not religious. You're not part of our club and our denomination. God is only for our religion. Oh, no. God is for the sinners. God is for the criminals. God is for the worst, the most evil, nasty, wicked people. We can all get in because God is the God of all mankind, even the worst of us. There's hope for us all. Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, he is. Yes, the Gentiles also. Everybody, verse 30, since indeed God, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, is one. There's one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, one God. One God for everyone. He's going to save the religious and the non-religious. He's going to save the circumcised Jew and the uncircumcised Gentile if we have faith in Christ. That's what you need. 
It doesn't matter your background, your nationality, where you came from. It doesn't matter how sinful you are. Maybe you're religious. You grew up in a religious home. Maybe you grew up in a pagan home. Maybe you were in the occult and you are a Satanist. It's okay. He's still your God, even for everyone. If you put your faith in Christ, you shall be saved. Write the verse. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Scripture. One God for everyone, with only one way to heaven, Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. One God, one way. Some people get mad at me. Pastor John, how can you say there's only one way? I'm so mad. I'm just glad that there's a way. I had no way. And the way we're letting everyone in through that way, why don't you be happy and take the way and get to heaven? That's all. I mean, all I need is one way, one escape. If I can find that way, that's all I need. And I'm so glad Jesus decided to become that way. If he decided not to become that way, there'd be no way. Then we'd all be in trouble. Thank you, Jesus, for being our way. Verse 31. Do we then nullify the law through faith? We'll just tear up the law because we have faith, right? No. May it never be. On the contrary, we establish the law. You see, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law, and he was the only one who could live perfect and fulfill the law for you and for me. And now that he is declared righteous through the law, he gives us his righteousness because I came up short, we came up short, we're all sinners. And so he fulfills the law. He doesn't do it away with it. He becomes the sacrifice that the law demands, and the Father wants his payment, his holy law. He's a just God, a just judge. Someone must pay. Jesus pays for me, and by faith I get the payment, and I'm forgiven, and now I'm justified, and I'm declared righteous by the judge because of Jesus. So we're not anti-law. We want law and order. What does all this mean? You need to trade your sin for God's righteousness. You need to make a deal with God. You need to come to Christ and say, Jesus, take my sin on your body, on your cross, and give me your righteousness. Let's trade. You see, two ways. I get rid of my junk, and I get all God's blessings. I get rid of my curse, right? My sin, my past, my yuck, my garbage. And now I get the holiness, the righteous robe, right? The prodigal son, the ring and the gifts and the money again and the party and the welcome home because of the righteousness of Christ. You see, as I look at the law of the Ten Commandments, you ever done that? Look at the Ten Commandments. I have friends all the time. They're like, John, I'm not a sinner. Okay, let's look at the Ten Commandments. Okay, let's see. Let's take the test. 
Okay, are you an idolater? Do you have idols? Do you worship other things besides God? Well, maybe sports a little bit. Do you curse and cuss God's name? Oh, yeah, when I hit my thumb, sometimes I cuss at God. Were you a rebel? Did you disobey your parents? Yeah, my parents were dumb. I never did what they said. Maybe you never murdered anyone. You got off on that one. But Jesus said, if you hate someone in your heart, you committed murder. Adultery, have you committed adultery? No, I've been faithful, but I do lust, right? A thief, have you ever stolen? Oh, I stole that cookie. I stole that pencil from work. I guess I'm a thief. A liar, have you ever lied? And every time you tell me, I'm not a sinner, you're lying. <laughs> uh, coveter, covetous. Do you covet? Do you want my stuff? Yeah, I really want it. These are all the sins, right? These are the Ten Commandments and just part of them. You fall short in one you fall short in all, and the law reveals, here's the bad news, you're a sinner. Here's the good news, you need a savior. This is why Jesus came. You need his cross, you need his blood, and all you need to do is pray, ask Jesus by faith, I want your sacrifice, I want your forgiveness, I need the cross, wash away my sin, with your blood. There's a verse here, it kind of summarizes it, 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, He, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You get it? God the Father made his son come. He commissioned him. You will go. You will take the sins of John Reed. And you will give John Reed your righteousness. You will trade with all the humans that are willing, who will receive my gift by faith. You will make an exchange. Do you want to trade? Do you want to shed the sin and the past and the garbage and the filth and the guilt and the nightmares and the wickedness and the self-destruction? Let it all go and receive the goodness, the love, the joy, the peace, the awesomeness of Christ. I can have those good, wonderful things in my life. I can be pure and holy and righteous before God, he'll declare me on judgment day, not guilty, you're righteous because of Jesus. Enter in. Exchange your sin for Christ's righteousness. Trust in his work for you. Is it Natalie Grant, I think, is it she sings? Uh, she talks about how God sees us in Christ, and she says, I see shattered, you see whole. I see broken, but you see beautiful. And you're helping me to believe. You're restoring me piece by piece. There's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You wash me in mercy. I am clean. Be justified 
from sin. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus out of love and grace and mercy. Christ, thank you for going to the cross as our perfect sacrifice and fulfilling the law which we fall short of. Thank you for taking our sins and paying the price of redemption and setting us free. Father, thank you for justifying us and declaring us pure and clean and holy and giving us the righteousness of your own Son. Thank you for the robes of righteousness. We wear them proudly. Help us to serve you, to spread the good news, and to bring others with us to your heaven. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.